This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 24th, episode 2627, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. So true. You say that every week. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. If you've never lived in the Northeast, uh, probably from Tennessee up in the Northeast, you have never experienced something that happens every 17 years. And that is the cicadas come out to play. Now, this year is cicada year. They've been hiding since 2004. And we were in Maryland then, by the way, when the cicadas were out. And it is an experience. Now, a a cicada is basically a locust. And it's about two and a half inches in length. And it has a three-inch wingspan. They are huge. Um, And they're emerging soon. They're going to come out soon to lay their eggs in trees. And after the eggs hatch, there's going to be four to six weeks later where they're going to spend two to four weeks. This is in late May and early June courting, mating, flying, and driving people nuts because they are loud. I mean loud. Plus, they fly into you, and they're just everywhere. It was to the point, the one time a certain cicada came out, we were in, we visited Kentucky, and we went to Shaker Village. I don't know if you ever went there when you were in Kentucky, but it's a beautiful mm-hmm. old historic place where the cicadas were out. When you walked along, you crunched them, because they had, they'll lose their uh. shells and fall on the ground, and it, the whole... You'll go out riding your horse and you'll hear crunch, crunch, crunch because they lose their shells and the shells are crunchy. Oh, so you're not stepping on live bugs. Well, they or the dead ones. Yeah, both. Uh, You get both, and but they crunch when you step on them or when you take your bike out. You'll just be riding and crunching the whole way. There's that many of them. They come out by the millions. I feel like some there's some every year, but like this is like these the, are the big years. So these are the and they're the big ones. They're the big in size ones. So there's about 14 states. Apparently the temperature reaches 64 degrees is the magic number. Um and then they'll their offspring, once they're done doing their thing for two to four weeks, they'll go back in the ground till 2038. So I didn't under, I thought, what did they just like? Are they like a bear? Do they hibernate, you know, and then come back 17 yeah, years Yeah, what later? are they doing? They apparently eat. They feed on sap from roots and plants. So they're underground eating and doing their thing. There's lots of crap going on underground that we don't even know about. That's pretty gross, to be honest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. Um, that's uh, that's coming up this year for everybody we- that lives in the Northeast. We have a mole underground that you can all of a sudden, there'll be like a little like risen patch of dirt yep. <laughs> through the pasture. Yeah. And we can't figure out how to catch it. I mean, you can't. Well, like, didn't you have a farm that had a big problem with that? Those were gophers. Gophers, gophers I'm an expert at. Yeah. And we still have some here every now and then, and we can attack them. And we're 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 well suited to catching gophers now. We're educated. Long time. We know how to do oh, it. my God. If we had the time to go back and put all your gopher oh, stories together into one episode, it would be it would win awards. 
<laughs> I mean, when we moved into the house in Arizona, it was tall grass. And once it kicked, we mowed it down, we had to call in a specialist. And he was like, you have thousands. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I think I caught them all, just so you know. Boom. Stone Cold Killer Vegetarian. Your stories were hilarious. <laughs> It just reminded me of Groundhog Day, or uh, not Groundhog Day, um, Caddyshack. It reminded me of Caddyshack. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah that Every was my day life. you came in to t- talk about it, it was Caddyshack all over again. <laughs> and I think at one point you did get dynamite and try and blow them out. We did lots of things. <laughs> Our Equiderma guest of the week is mounted shooter Carrie Wilburn. Shooter Carrie Wilburn. She'll be joining us today. Uh, Dr. B is also joining us. He's going to talk about frostbite in horses. I said A little that, too late for some of us. <laughs> you know, it'll get cold again. I said to Jennifer after that cold spree, I said, we got to talk about, do horses get frostbite? So she did this interview for us. And some weird news. And we have a crappy list also coming up today. Actually, my list is kind of good. It, we're going to talk about the 10 top dog breeds for the barn. So we're going to talk about that today, too. We're going to see if we agree with the list. I found the list. We'll see if we agree with the list. But before we get to Daily Winnies, I just want to, we have an auditor that's been around with us probably since the beginning of auditor time, and her name is Angela Bailey. And uh, she uh, she had a hard day yesterday, and I just wanted to tell her that we're thinking about her. And uh, we're going to keep you on our thoughts today. So hang in there, Angela. All right, Daily Winnie time. I only have one birthday today. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> it's Auditor Jennifer Shank's birthday today, so happy birthday to you. Oh my gosh, I have been on an adventure, Glenn. So some people might not know, but I have a, a bit of a side gig. And of course, it involves horses, but it's helping people find horses. I was, I'm say, a, I was wondering what the side gig was. I wasn't I'm a sure where you were a, going with it. <laughs> an equine agent, if you will. And I was contacted by a family in Oregon who had has been looking for a horse for quite a long time. And their trainer is not... D- d- focusing enough time on finding them a horse. And so they contacted me, uh, they were referred to me and I found, I found him a horse and let me tell you, it's fun to shop with the budget. Not going to lie. <laughs> so oh, I you mean with a horse. good budget as opposed to a low budget? Uh-huh. Usually yeah. people contact me when they're like, Hey, I need a diamond in the rough <laughs> because I have a $1,200 and I need a, a prelim level event horse, you know, like ridiculous stuff. So but anyway, they contacted me and I have looked at horses all over and then I finally was sent a video of the 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 child riding and and I I found a horse Glenn. I found a horse, but I am supposed to be the buyer's agent for this horse and I have no idea what I'm doing once we get the horse vetted. The horse is getting vetted tomorrow in London. I found <laughs> Are you going over to supervise the vetting? They won't let me over, otherwise oh, right. we'd be over riding the horse. I'm surprised uh, but, they're even allowed to do vetting at, right now. Yeah, they're they're going to vet the horse in London tomorrow. But then it's like, how the hell do I get the horse to the U.S.? And I'm supposed to be the facilitator for this, and I've never done that. So if anybody out here has experience in importing horses to the United States, 
I would really appreciate an email, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com because I have no idea who to go through what. And I, so I asked her and I said, Hey, you sell a lot of horses. What, you know, what are some things you would recommend? And she's like, Oh no, usually the buyer does that. Crap. You need to talk to Kayla. Kayla does this all the time over there. Oh yeah. See, there you go. Kayla, I'll be emailing you later. Kayla's going to be on the show tomorrow. She's doing the sales and breeding episode tomorrow. So you do need to talk to Kayla. Kayla can guide you. Okay, well, that's good. Anybody else, too, if you have experience importing a horse um, to go from London. And you know what's funny is I had talked to Jennifer, your lovely wife, and Kayla about horses in Ocala. Because there were so many horses. Like every event, I needed a novice event horse. And every horse in the world that's for sale that is a confirmed novice event horse is in Ocala. And I was like, I can't shop in Ocala. I can't send a horse on a trailer from Ocala to Oregon. It's just not fair. <laughs> no, that's a long way. <laughs> and so what do I do? I find one in London. London. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Well, but then actually, they can fly over to the West Coast, right? So. Yeah, exactly. The flight is actually easier on the, than, <laughs> than sitting in a trailer that long. But I was like, oh my God, I can't find a horse. I just, I've been looking, looking, looking. And um, yeah, so London, cheerio. Um, all of our listeners in England, I'm, I'm buying, if you have experience West of London with any horse sellers, please email me and I'll tell you their name. But I actually checked online. This person has amazing reviews as far as being a horse, uh, seller and things like that. So, um, I contacted her and I was like, Hey, I'm looking for this. And she's like, Oh, perfect. Here, here's the one. And I'm like, Oh my God, it is the one. So anyway, I'm about to be importing a horse. Uh, hopefully it passes. You. You're becoming so international. I know this is this is going on the resume, Glenn. I I import horses internationally for clients. Look at me, put that on my business card. Join us tonight at seven thirty. We're having the next Stable Scoop Roundtable, and our panelists tonight are Mandy Flanders, who is host of a brand new podcast coming to the Horse Radio Network called the Lead Line Podcast. So you're going to meet her tonight. She's been actually she's been around our shows a long time. Debbie Laux. You know her, host of Horsemanship Radio. She's joining us. And auditor Rachel Walker is joining us as well. She's representing the listeners tonight. And our topics include how to creatively market your horse for sale, uh, racing horses at two, and the use of whips in racing. Guess who recommended that one? And should both be abolished? Debbie wants to talk about that tonight. That should be a lively conversation. And managing costs of having a horse. What's necessary and what's not. I feel like that's just a useless conversation because you're all going to buy what you want anyway. I want so. all the things. <laughs> exactly. So I just feel that's useless. Feel, feel, speaking of, by the way, you can see that 7.30 tonight, Eastern Time. Just go to the Horses in the Morning Facebook page or Horse Radio Network or Stable Scoop. We'll have it on all auditors. It'll be on your page too. So it'll be in all those places. Uh, but speaking of buying things, if you go to statelinetac.com right now and check out, they're having a saddle pad sale. Uh, and it all is. All the things that you need many, many of. Many, many of. Many, many of. This is a Western saddle pad sale and they have 10 pages. There's 452 of them on sale. Yes, you think English have a lot of pads? Ain't nothing on what the Western people have. Really? They have a. T- and 
And theirs are prettier. I'm just saying, theirs are much prettier than ours and expensive. Western pads can be cost a lot of money. <laughs> so they have them on sale right now for 20% off. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at an impact gel right now that's uh, marked down 20%. Uh, they have a bunch of gel pads right now. Toe-clat pads marked down uh, to $89, and toe-clat uh, pads are, are a lot higher than that usually. Uh, diamond wool endurance uh, pads right now marked down 30%. It just goes on and on and on. Whether you want square pads or you want shaped pads, uh, whatever you need, they're there, as well as they have the acrylic saddle blankets that everybody is so familiar with that you buy Kind of like we buy our cheap saddle plaids and use them by the thousands and then just throw them away. Uh, they have those marked down to $16.70. So, and with a multitude of color choices, you can check them all out at statelinetack.com for you people with the saddle pad fetishes. It's your day. <laughs> well, now it's time for our Equiderma guest of the week. We have Carrie Car- Wilburn joining us. She is a level four mounted shooter. By the way, that means she's really good. Uh, and she's also interesting in many other ways. She's a major with the Lexington Fire Department. Yes, Lexington, Kentucky. She's a certified personal trainer. Probably means she's in shape more than us. Uh, and uh, she also has three quarter horses, two dogs, and two very vocal donkey mini donkeys. So she has some zombie donkeys. We'll talk to her about that, too. But uh, she was the high point shooter in Kentucky in 2014 and 2019. And she also loves Equiderma products. But we're going to get her on right now. Well, hi, Carrie. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Now, I happen to know, because because uh, you are a major with the Lexington Fire Department, so that means you've been around the fire department a long time. Yes, yes. I have been uh, with the Lexington Fire Department for 20 years now, a little bit over 20 years. And you're, you're full-time, right? Yes, yeah. We are a full-time career department here in Kentucky. And, and uh, Jamie and I both lived in Lexington for a long time, so uh, we've seen you guys run around. We probably saw you driving a fire truck down the road. Yeah, yeah, probably at one point. Yeah, that's awesome. So you guys are familiar with with Kentucky. We're the horse capital of the world. So. That's well. No, I live in Ocala, and we just had that argument oh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So I still <laughs> say Lexington wins. Okay. Yeah, I know they they say they are, and we say we are. So it's a. I think it's an ongoing um, dispute, maybe or disagreement. <laughs> So I, you know, we've had a lot of badass uh, horsewomen on the show today, and I think being a mounted shooter and being a major with the fire department, you qualify as a badass. I'm going to put oh, you in that well, category. Thank oh, thank you so much. I, I really, <laughs> I enjoy both. I really enjoy the fire department. Has been a fabulous career, and um, mounted shooting has. It's just such a wonderful group of people. Um, I can't, you know, I I did some showing in saddlebreds before I did mounted shooting, and I I can't say enough about the just the people in mounted shooting, I think is, it just really makes the sport um, fabulous. Um, Just when you're a new person mounted shooting, um, everybody will just, you know, welcome you with open arms and help you as much as possible. They'll let you borrow their stuff and their horse. And I mean, it's just an incredible sport. And you like wearing the outfits. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty (laughs) awesome too. Um, You know, it's, it's not, um, you know, a lot of um, equine sports, you know, it's, you have to wear a particular, um, I don't want to say uncomfortable attire, but um, with mounted shooting, we do have required wardrobe, but you actually get to dress up like a cowboy or a cowgirl and wear the chaps and the chinks and the hat. Um, you know, you can go like more old style Western attire, like from the 1800s and early 1900s, or um, 
you know, with the, the chaps and the chinks and um, we are required to wear the button down shirts and a cowboy hat, but, you know, you can kind of go all out with it, um, you know, kind of whatever you want to do. So that's kind of fun, you know, particularly um, being with the fire department, I'm, you know, wearing the Navy blues all the time. So that's, that's kind of a fun side of it for it as well. A lot of people will I gotta, know, kind of put their own spin I, on it. I got to ask you this. So growing up in high school, like I know Jamie had this and I know my wife did too. Growing up in high school, when you're the horse girl, you're known as the horse girl. Are you known as the horse girl around the fire department? I am. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> I, I grew up in Cincinnati, so I didn't come into riding and horses until I was actually on the fire department. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I get fire department is known like we tease each other pretty hard um because we're one big family um and you know i'm kind of known as the horse girl and it's it's kind of funny if i put anything on social media without a horse um everybody's like where's the horse um, <laughs> there's no there's no horse where's the horse but yeah it's it's a lot of fun well before we get to mounted shooting i'm going to ask you some more about that uh we have to talk about one of the other things that you have because we call them zombie donkeys and it's been a joke oh. for the years on the show about <laughs> miniature donkeys being zombie donkeys because most of them are holy terrors that we've heard about uh how are yours they um so yeah they are most of the time they're really good um they we've got a a mother and a daughter mini donkey and we we actually got them from a vocational school here that's a pretty check out locust trace um vocational school here it's a really neat program um but they are actually really good except for when they're not um <laughs> and they actually um, they ran me over the other night when we had the really bad weather, the ice storm that came through. And so we had, you know, brought them up out of the weather and had them in, which I thought was a really great thing for them. Well, evidently they, they just weren't, they weren't really enjoying being in. And I went to, you know, feed them and they, they literally ran me over and then <laughs> ran around our property in the dark for about a half an hour. <laughs> um, so I, it, you know, they're, yeah, I agree with your assessment of them. They're they're interesting little animals to have. They're you know they're so small, but I always tell the guys at work they're a whole lot more hard to handle than the the full size horses for just whatever reason. Now, what kind of ribbing would you have taken if they had run you over and you had ended up in the hospital and you had to explain that to the guys at work? Uh, I, I don't think I would have called the ambulance. I think I would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I think I would have just laid out here. It would have been. I mean, they teased me already. Um, you know, some of the stories I have to tell them, but yeah, it, I, I'm not sure I would have called the ambulance. I think I would have done everything in my power not to call the ambulance. Um, you would have walked there it, if you it, had to crawl. Yeah, I think I would have just, <laughs> I patched myself up because it was, it was bad already. Um, you know, I was out, I think it took me about 30 minutes to catch them because, you know, I think if you're familiar with many donkeys, they do, they're almost like cats. Um, they kind of do their own thing and until they're ready to do what you want them to do, they're just not going to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend them, but they're, they're interesting. So we've talked to other mounted shooters and I want to do something a little different with you today. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, Tammy Sarantz, everybody in mounted shooting, I think knows Tammy. She used yeah. to be a host of one mm -hmm. of our shows for years and Tammy showed up oh, at our awesome. house. I met her for the first time. She had brought the horse trailer up to the world equestrian games in Lexington. That's where I met her for the first yes. time. And, uh, she said, come in here. And we went into her living quarters horse trailer and she was pulling guns out of the oven underneath the couch, <laughs> uh, out of the shower. I mean, I, she just didn't even remember where they 
they all were. It was crazy because she'd been sent so many guns to use because she was a world champion. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? How does a tournament work? So how how does the actual tournament work? If somebody, if you're going to yeah. a day, how's it work? Yeah, so um, I would really encourage anybody um, that's new to not be intimidated by that at all. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of new people, you know, getting into something, you know, if you see like an event, if people go to cmsaevents.com, you can see all the events that are being hosted in your area. Um, And, you know, one thing, we welcome spectators, so go and show up. But basically, um, with a mounted shooting event, they're typically a one-day event unless it's like a large event. you know, state, um, competition or regional event. Um, so, you know, the start times are usually earlier in the morning, um, and they will, there's always a safety meeting, um, obviously because firearms are involved. Um, we do shoot blank, so it's safe to spectate, you know, the, the, um, embers, the black powder and the embers from the firearm only go a certain distance. So I've had that question before, like, Oh, is it safe for the spectators? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, different um, yeah, Kevlar, than, Kevlar vests for the spectators yeah. are not required. No. Yeah, it's not required. Um, but basically there's always a, you know, warm up time and then there's a safety meeting and then there's, there's actually six levels. Um, so if you're a new person, um, you would be competing against other new people. And, um, then there's, there's typically four stages, um, what they call stages. And so we have 86 different patterns. So it's not like barrel racing where you run the same pattern every time. So you could, you know, you could run completely different patterns every day. And a pattern um, consists long. of 10 balloons that you have to shoot, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a certain mm-hmm. order. Yep, in a certain order. So there's typically, um, you have two um, single action um, 45 long colt um, firearms, and you shoot five. The first five are, are considered the random part of the pattern, and they can be, you know, an S shaped zigzag, or they could be you know, in a big U shape. And then, um, you would, you know, use five, um, five rounds on those. And then you have to exchange one gun for the other gun. And then typically, but not all the time, the other ones are in a rundown. If it's just a straight line and you're just flying toward the gate, basically. Yeah. 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 So, um, for most events, you'll have four different, you'll have four different opportunities to, to go, which is kind of nice. Um, so you, you, you know, can make a whole day out of it. And so one, you know, like if it's a Saturday and a Sunday event, Saturday is freestanding and Sunday is another day. Um, but the nice thing is, you know, if you're a, a new shooter and you show up and you're like, Hey, what's going on? I guarantee that somebody will take you and walk you through it. I a hundred percent guarantee it. Um, you know, and particularly like, say you show up once you show up on Saturday and you say, I'm interested in getting into this sport. Um, can I come tomorrow and bring my horse? Somebody will offer to let you borrow their chinks and a shirt and a hat and guns and a holster. I, I absolutely guarantee it. Um, and so that's the nice thing is that, you know, if you're interested in getting into the sport, you could, you know, find an event in your area. You could show up on Saturday, kind of get a feel for what goes on. And then, you know, come the next day if there's something you think you would like. And so that's, like I said, it's just, it's a really nice thing. Um, it's also nice, I think, for a lot of people, if you're employed full time, um, they're typically on the weekend. Sometimes there's Friday, Saturday, Sunday events, and some of the major events do go throughout the week. But it, it's it's also nice the way they're scheduled. Um, you know, you can have a full time job, you can have a family, you can have a career, and still kind of work it in with other things. So, um, you know. And I know that uh, you also do, I, I don't know if you personally do, but I know that uh, one of the things Tammy did also was the pistol-rifle combination, which I always found fascinating. 
Yeah, I um I I don't do it with my current horses. I actually had an uh, other another horse that I did. I didn't do rifle, but I did shotgun. Ah, um, okay. and so the, yeah, that's a lot of fun too. Um, where in that in that situation, you do the five random, and then instead of doing the rundown with the pistol, you actually do um, with the rifle. You do the five rundown still the five rundown but you do it with a rifle with the shotgun they do it with in clusters so you'll have a cluster of two or a cluster of three so you still shoot five balloons but you do two shots with the shotgun so i've actually done the shotgun i've not done the rifle and this is all while while steering and and with one hand Mm -hmm. uh, or or steering with nothing you know basically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i just think it's fascinating and you have quarter horses do you find quarter horses are usually do the best with this um, a lot of people do use quarter horses. Um, the horse I actually started on was um, some, he was some random mixed breed uh, gated horse. So um, I think unlike a lot of other, you know, competitive areas in, in the horse world, you know, there's no restrictions. Um, one of my good friends actually competed on mules for a long time. Um, and her mules, they're awesome. Um, I think any, you know, any, equine that will let you shoot off of it that you can ride and navigate through the pattern is great so i mean i've seen people shoot off of draft horses um you know and at the time when i first started i had a a paint horse and i had um this gated horse and the gated horse just took to it and he was actually a lot easier to shoot off of because you know he didn't have that up and down motion you get with a lope i mean he was just completely smooth so being a new shooter, I didn't have to really contend with as much movement. So, um, you know, I think that's, you know, having the disposition, having a horse with a disposition that'll take to it, um, is kind of more important than necessarily the breed or anything else. Um, I think, you know, the upper levels, a lot of times kind of gravitate toward the quarter horses just because of the speed and their agility on the turns. But, you know, I've seen people riding, you know, appendix thoroughbreds and, you know, Appaloosas and, you know, all, all kind of different breeds. Okay, cool. Well, before we let you go, let's talk about Equiderma products a little bit. What, what What's the product, if you had to pick one, and I know everybody uses multiple Equiderma products, but if you had to pick one, which one would you say is your favorite? Ooh, um, yeah, it is It is hard to pick one. Um, I love all their products. Um, I use the zinc oxide paste a lot. Um Obviously, like right now with the weather being what it is, um, but I use it a, a lot year round. Um, the my main mounted shooting horse, um, Smarty, she has a lot of issues um, with scratches, and then just she's just a little bit high maintenance. Um, and so I find that I use the zinc oxide paste. It's just kind of my go-to product. Um, you know, just I actually use it a lot for just preventative on her, um, on her for scratches and then, um, just protective. She actually has some white areas on her nose. So I actually use it almost as a protective kind of coating on her nose. She just gets, she's just kind of a sensitive high maintenance horse. So that's kind of my go-to product. The good ones um, always I are. The, <laughs> yeah. I use the, I use the skin lotion a lot too. Those are the two that I reach for consistently. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my go-to product though. 
And I know a lot of the other uh, guests we've had on have also loved the zinc oxide paste. I, I just want to note that that's apparently out of stock right now due to COVID. They're having time getting it in. However, it should be restacked very soon. Oh, you might okay. find it at a store at one of the retailers, uh, but at uh, Equiderma.com, they're out of stock, but they should be getting it soon. They wanted me to let everybody know that. Okay. Uh, I think that's great. I mean, I, uh, their products are great. You can find them all at Equiderma.com. That's where you go to find them. And uh, obviously, they have a lot of loyal users. We've been having guests on forever, and you guys all love their products. We use them here, too. Uh, and the zinc oxide paste here, we live in Florida, so scratches are an issue. You know, they're something yeah. we deal with all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, this is great. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. I'll let you get I know you're at work, so we'll let you get back to work <laughs> so the guys can tease you some more. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> we'll yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity. This is a lot of fun. Hey, we're coming into Lexington. Uh, we're coming in. We're doing a road trip in August. I got to go visit you at the fire department. We need a ride in a fire truck, Jamie. That's what we Ab- need. Yeah. Absolutely. Give me a call. I would love. I've to always give you wanted guys to do one of the hoses. Will, will they let me touch a hose? No, don't let him near <laughs> anything in the fire department. Especially can, if there's I a fire. can make. I can make that happen. Yeah, just text me. Um, let me know oh, when cool. you all are coming in. We We're doing this, happen. Jamie. We are so doing this. We <laughs> can make it happen. Yeah, yeah, we can actually. Yeah, let me know. I and I bet you we could try mounted shooting too. We could Carry do this. this yeah, I, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I will look um, if you guys would like. I'm, I'm pretty sure we have several managed shooting events in August. Um, oh, there's, cool. We've got clubs here in Kentucky and then right across in Ohio as well. So, all right. Well, we're, we can, I, we can I will. Make all that happens. I'll be in you. touch, all right? Glenn <laughs> okay, is not qualified. Thank you, guys so much. <laughs> so you run the hose or hold a gun, okay? <laughs> Give him neither. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. You, you guys work that out amongst yourselves. I can make it happen. <laughs> Jamie's breaking up. We have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Bye, Carrie. Okay, thank you all. Bye bye. <laughs> How cool would that be? We got to do that. You need to get over this. You need to try mounted shooting. Glenn. When I shoot a bow and an arrow, mm-hmm. yes, I have done some mounted archery. Mm-hmm. And if I have the arrow in my hand mm-hmm. and my left hand and the bow in my right hand, it's not going to shoot. It's not just going to go off. If I hold a gun, there's potential. It's just going to go off and fire. Actually, actually, theirs are tougher because theirs are the kind where you actually have to cock it. Uh, it doesn't matter, Glenn. So it I has to be, be like, cocked first before you do wow. that. <laughs> it never just shot out like that. That's I think weird. they would actually have you shoot it a few times on the ground before they put you on one of their horses. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. a mini donkey. How about you would you know, do it on a mini donkey? How, how about, about this? I will do it 100% <laughs> right after you do. Okay. On a mini donkey? We're going to do the mini yeah, donkey. Right after, right after you do it, buddy. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's go to our next guest. But we are definitely visiting the fire department when there. It'll be good for pictures. Um, so she sounds like a lot of fun, too. Uh, so thank you to Equiderma, Equiderma.com, for bringing that guest on. It was terrific. Uh, Dr. B is one of our regular guests here on the show. He's also out of Lexington, Kentucky. It's Lexington, Kentucky Day. It's Brian Waldridge. That's because and- it's the horse capital of the world, Glenn. <laughs> And I asked Jennifer to get him on the phone, and he couldn't come on right now, so she recorded this interview. Uh, But this is him talking about, do horses get frostbite, and what do you do about it? It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report, when our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign 
to mass-produce Kevlar-coated bubble wrap-lined equine products. And now, let's chat with Dr. Brian Waldridge about frostbite. And here I am with Dr. Brian Waldridge, known by a lot of the horse world as Dr. B's Bluegrass on Facebook, a veterinarian from central Kentucky who has this really cool Facebook page that he puts all kinds of interesting posts on uh, about his many adventures there in Kentucky as a horse vet. Welcome back to the show, Dr. B. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me. Today, as we record this, the entire United States seems to be well and truly frozen. So I thought it might be timely to chat a little bit about frostbite because horses can get frostbite too. So maybe we should start with what is frostbite? So frostbite is really the the effects on the body and usually it's the extremities. So the the places we worry about are the ears and the feet and, and occasionally the tail the extremities of the body where there's less blood flow, so those spots are more sensitive to cold damage. And when cold damage occurs, it can both actually freeze those cells, but also it damages the blood vessels. So there's less blood flow in those areas. And that's why sometimes when you add a sequela of, of frost, frostbite, is, <clears throat> excuse me, that you'll see skin sluffage and changing colors of the skin where it looks like a burn turns blue or turns black. So is, is frostbite literally frozen? So if a horse or a human for that matter has frostbite on the tip of their ear, is the, is that actually a frozen ear or is it a little more complex than that? It can be truly frozen. You know, if the blood flow is compromised to the point that, blood can no longer go to that area, then it will go ahead and freeze because the blood's going to be our way to, to warm that tissue. So in the worst case where we have the damage to the blood vessel and the tissue becomes devitalized or, or dies, then that can go ahead and freeze. So, you know, less you know, degrees of frostbite, but the ones we want to have is maybe where there's just some cold damage and, we warm those tissues up. It may be red and painful for a few days, but goes away. And the bad end of the spectrum would be no blood flow and dead tissue that's eventually going to slough off. Ew, this would be yucky. Okay, that's step one. Now, step two, obviously, horses don't get frostbite all the time. Horses live in all parts of the country, all over the world, where it gets really, 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 really cold. So under what circumstances would a horse be at risk for frostbite? You know, to me, and, and this thing I always talk to clients because we've gotten a lot of calls on this because it's really cold in Kentucky right now is you know, we worry about what's the horse's overall body condition. Uh, you know, because really those pretty young, good body condition horses, you don't tend to see it as much in. So if they have good body condition, they're less likely to get frostbite, although that's not always true. And then do we have conditions that make the horse more likely to have cold stress? So really the the two big ones in that is wind, because we all know about, you know, when they're doing the weather report, telling you what the uh, wind chill is. I don't even listen to that anymore in Kentucky because it's always terrible. <laughs> but what's the wind chill going to be? And then things like getting wet because you know you get wet you get colder because you've got wet so now you get more more heat loss so 
if, if horses have a wind block and a spot they can get out of the rain or the snow, then they're less likely to show those signs. And you know, as a rule, but not always true, you know, if they're a kind of a younger, healthier horse and they've had time to adapt to that change in weather, you know, a horse has been in the cold area for quite a while and, you know, had time for the season to gradually change, then they, those tend to do all right. You know, if we took a horse from California and dropped them right in the middle of Kentucky right now, they're definitely going to show cold stress. So cold stress, and this is something that <clears throat> I used to struggle with a lot back in the day when I took care of lots of other people's horses. A horse is designed, and humans are too, actually, mammals are designed so that as Mother Nature's seasons change, they change relatively gradually, and their body adjusts to it so that in the middle of summer, when the average daytime temperature is 85 degrees, if you pick that horse up and magically drop him someplace else where the average daytime temperature is 40 that horse is going to experience cold stress because his body has not had the chance to adjust to it versus a ho- that same horse could live in a place where in the summertime it's 80 degrees on average in the win- summer. And then in the winter, the average temperature is 12 degrees. And that horse will be just fine because he's experiencing the seasonal change and his body is hardwired to make those adjustments. Right, they've had time to adapt to it, and a you know, hair coat is—that's part of it. <laughs> greatly, greatly more influenced by right. It's part of it's greatly influenced by duration of light in the day. So that's the biggest contributor to it. But also, if they're in cold, they're going to tend to grow a, a heavier hair coat. But so they may not have as good a coat neglecting the the effects that uh, Mm -hmm. decreasing sunlight would have, which should trigger a heavier hair coat. Right. And then you have the effect of, I I just watched this on Mythbusters the other day, when the body gets cold, whether it's a human or a horse, the body will reduce circulation to the extremities in order to preserve core body temperature so that they don't become hypothermic, thus contributing to poor circulation in the extremities, which keeps them even colder. Right, but right. your horse and, can't and that's put on one mittens. Of the frostbite things. <laughs> no, they can't. No, and uh, although if they had those in the horse catalogs, they would wear. They them. would but, sell. Uh, yeah, I would buy some. <laughs> Absolutely. So, say we're having a cold snap, or you have a horse in that you think might be at risk. Maybe he's older, um, not so prone to moving around and keeping himself warm. Doesn't particularly care for eating lots of hay and all those things. How might I suspect that, uh-oh, my horse might have frostbite? What would I look for? So coldness would be one of the things, you know, is that tissue. And I, I always kind of go back to their foot to control, to, 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 be, to be when I'm trying to think, you know, is this horse is, we'll just use ear as an example, or, or the other day I checked a horse's sheath to see if it may be having some, frostbite so i'll i'll always go back to the feet because it seems like the the blood flow there kind of would tell you what the extremities are up to so i'll go feel their foot say okay what does that feel like then go up to their ear and say does the ear feel a lot colder then that would worry me if it felt inordinate inordinately i shouldn't use such high words with more than two syllables um colder from the ear to the foot i think well that's a little bit worrisome because he should be 
maintaining that blood flow better. Oh, and then is there oh. pain when you feel that area is the horse painful because you know, with frostbite, they're generally going to show those two things where, you know, if it's just a cold day, it may feel cold, but the horse shouldn't show any pain. You may see swelling too because of that decreased blood flow and you know, the fluid can't get back into the circulation. So you go out. And color change. I and, should say and, color yeah, change. Yeah, and it's, which is harder to tell on your horses. So whenever you, yeah. you're, you're going out and it's a frigid, nasty weather, you're worried about your senior citizen and you go out there, you know, oh boy, his his ears are very, very chilly and he is unusually upset about me fussing with his ears. He usually doesn't mind. What's my next step? Well, then we get decide, you know, just, can we bring the horse? If there's a worry of it and the horse is showing discomfort, then how do we get them out of the cold? So do they have a a windbreak or are they wet where they need to come in out of the, out of the weather. And then, you know, if they're not wearing a blanket, then that would be a time to think about a blanket to try and just make that core body temperature be higher or maintain it better and potentially help the extremities stay Ah, a bit warmer. Okay. So we're going back to that core body temperature by helping the core body temperature uh, comfortably and easily stay normal versus stressing and, and struggling to stay normal, we're allowing the body to naturally improve the blood flow back towards those extremities. Yes, and it depends a little bit on size, too. Like, you may worry about it more in a mini than you would uh, true. He's got, an adult yeah. normal-sized horse. Because really, the smaller animals have a greater surface area compared to their body weight than a larger animal so because of that greater surface area they're more likely to lose heat yeah so we're gonna we're, we've brought we've brought our horse over and we've got him in our we've brought him into the barn and we're gonna walk him around a little bit help him warm put a nice big puffy warm blanket on him is we're gonna use ears as an example because it's easy uh, would it be a good idea to rub his ears put mittens on his ears pour some hot water on his ears what should we do so I think rubbing them, putting something on there, you know, water, because that's going to promote heat loss. I probably wouldn't do that. And if one of the responses to heat can also be blood vessel constriction. Oh, so I would, as, you know, as much as possible, let them passively warm themselves by rubbing them or, or covering them up. There we go. So at what point is it better call the vet? You know, for sure, a color change. You know, if you saw that that, tissue is, is purpley to, you know, and everybody's seen those pictures where the people get, get terrible frostbite it starts to turn black. Yeah, they're icky. icky. That's, that's, they are terrible. That that shows there's been significant tissue damage. And so, you know, if they don't respond within an hour or two, then it, it's probably time to have it looked at. But color change would be bad. Continued pain would be bad. And then the rest of the horse feels pretty warm and that tip of that ear still feels really cold and uh, that would signal there may be something going on blood flow wise there we go very interesting so uh, bring them in help them get that core body temperature comfortably and consistently back to normal and uh, do a, make sure he's got some forage and plenty of hydration can dehydration play a role in susceptibility well it sure can you know it, it would animal would have to be fairly well dehydrated, but still, if they have lower vo- lower blood volume, is going to be lower perfusion to the rest of the body. So, 
if we if we're normally hydrated, then hopefully our blood volume is going to be as it should be, which would help keep the tissues perfused and warm. There we go. Well, fascinating stuff, and, and as I said, timely considering that as we record, the entire country seems to be dipping below below norms. So uh, thank you again, Dr. B, for stopping by and telling us all about really great horse health topics. Where can folks follow your many, many Central Kentucky adventures online? So I'm on the Facebook, uh, Dr. B's Bluegrass, and uh, have pictures of the things I run into every day and uh, some of the horses I'm lucky enough to see uh, fairly often that uh, everybody can come and uh, Enjoy Kentucky from afar. There we go. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and we will see you again soon. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yes, today is one of those days, Glenn. You just might be embarrassed. (laughs) We're embarrassed. I would like to thank you guys. This segment is getting gaining in popularity. So if you like it, thank you. Um, And if you don't, then send an email to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. But I had a lot of people submit and a lot of people submitted the same story. And it's, it's interesting enough that I'm going to, I'm going to do it first, but Jenny Lindsay, it's like they're voting Sa- on a story. Yeah. yeah. I, I got it from several people, Jenny, Lindsay, Sandy, Faye, Bryce, and Danielle all sent me weird news stories. Uh, and let's start with the one that was the most popular. We're going to go to Anchorage, Alaska, Glenn. Oh, well, we don't Anchorage. go there very often. We don't. But um, this woman, it's hard to figure out how to, to start this because we're going to go to um, Alaska and we're going to go to Eric Stevens has a yurt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Eric and his girlfriend had it's taken kind of a round cloth house. Yes, yes, and they've taken snowmobiles in, into the wilderness to find this yurt. It's about 20 miles northwest of Haines, okay, wherever that is. That sounds really and, cold is what it's <laughs> Yeah, and so Eric's girlfriend goes and has to use the facilities. And when you have a yurt, there's no facilities in the yurt, apparently, or at least his yurt. So she goes out to the outhouse. It's about 150 feet away from the yurt. Uh, and then they see Shannon laying on the ground, holding a part and, and screaming. Uh, and so they had heard the screaming and ran out there and they thought she had been bitten by a squirrel or something. And so Eric got his headlamp cause it's, it's nighttime and he goes out into the yard and he's like, what just bit you? And he opens the toilet seat and he shines the light down. Don't into tell the me toilet. there was a snake. I don't want to hear that. There was a bear staring right back he up. was in the the the, the outhouse in the loo there was a bear he said i opened the toilet seat and there's a bear face just right there at oh the level of God. the toilet seat looking right up through the hole right at me he said i shut the lid as fast as i could i said there's a bear down there we got to get out of here now and we ran back to the yurt <laughs> as fast as we could and once they were safely back inside they treated shannon with a first aid kit determined it wasn't a serious wound but they would head to was Haines it on her person. butt it was bleeding but it was not super was it bad the bite on her butt Yes. Oh my god. Yes, and the the fish and wildlife, but just they're saying it's like a nice warm home, you know. I mean, for the bear. Um yeah, so um if you're ever in Alaska and you're staying in a yurt, 
and you go out to the restroom. I'm sorry. Maybe shine I'm, a light down in there first. I'm getting a bucket in the house. I am not going out at night in Alaska with the bears to go to the bathroom. A bucket in the house with a lid, it would be fine. It'll work. She's, you know, Eric says no matter the season, he's going to start carrying bear spray with him at all time when going into the backcountry. And Shannon says she plans to change one behavior as well. And she says, quote, I'm just going to be better about looking inside the toilet. Before How about we just dump the shit? guy and get some guy that lives in a normal place? How about we there, do that? You know, she's, <laughs> she could find somebody else. There's like, you know, a 10 to 1 ratio of men to women in Alaska. <laughs> yes. So yes, go for it. You could you could do a little better. All right, now we're going to go to a weird, disturbing story. I I hesitated to tell this story because it is weird, but it's kind of like disturbing as well. We're going to go to Phoenix, Arizona. There's a thrift store in El Mirage, and this family was going up and down the aisles shopping, and they see this kind of plushy glowworm. Like it looks like a one of those Teletubby things, but it's like a baby toy. It's green and it's got like little sections in it. And it's like a beanbag type toy, you know? Yeah. And the, so this parent was like, Oh, our little baby will love that. And they grab the plush glowworm <laughs> and they take it home and they decided to like, you know, wash it and kind of inspect it. Thank God before giving it to their child, because there weren't beans in that beanbag. Those were pills. Fentanyl, which is painkillers. Oh I was going to guess cocaine, but uh, <laughs> they found narcotics. <laughs> it was hundreds and hundreds of dollars of, and you know somebody's in big trouble. trouble. They're like, "Where'd you put that damn beanie baby?" <laughs> I, brought it to I don't know. I can't find it. I did make a donation to the Goodwill. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so we started in Alaska, then we went to Arizona, and guess where we're going to finish up with our last, not one. But two stories, Glenn. Uh, Florida. We're going to head to, let's go with Collier County, Florida. Because a Florida couple, I might have done this. I feel like I could did this one, but maybe not. Uh, you know, you go into Costco. All the Florida stories start to sound the same. <laughs> I know. I'm like, have I done this one before? Oh, no, it's just another Florida story. There is a couple and they go into the Costco because, you know, Costco has some really good deals on meat. And so they go into the meat section and they're looking around and they're like, you know, what's better than buying meat, stealing meat. So here's what they do. And if you've ever been to the Costco meat section, which I don't frequent all that much, but I have seen it because you can see don't it from a mile away. they sell meat in large quantity packs? Very large quantity packs, Glenn. <laughs> and they also have a very large variety of meat. And, you know, this couple was like, oh, my God. I really want some lamb, but we can't afford lamb. So um, I'm trying to find it. Vito Gentile, 76 years old. Oh, my God. They aren't young either. <laughs> and Lucrezia Gentile. They decided they were going to just take what they wanted. And so he said, Vito said, Lucrezia, baby doll. Open up your purse. So she opens her purse and he stuffs a giant rack of lamb. How big is that purse? <laughs> into her purse. It must have been pretty big because then Vito was like, Lucrezia, I know you're still holding your purse, but come over here because I'm going to put some halibut in it. And so he took a giant thing of oh, halibut, folded it has. in half. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and it gets better because then he's like, Lucrezia. 
is your purse full? And she's like, yes, my purse is full. I cannot carry anything else in my purse, uh, Florida. So I can't carry nothing more in my purse, Vito. And she's like, well, he's like, well, come over here, Lucrezia. And he grabs a crab. <laughs> Did that go down her pants? Please tell me it went down her pants. And he said, undo your pants. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so he takes Lucrezia's Florida, pants. Florida people don't disappear. And stuffs down <laughs> one of them giant blue crabs. And then he's like, oh, you know what would really go well with lamb and crab and halibut? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take some of these clams. I'm going to take some of these clams oh, and clams. I'm going to put them in my own pants. Oh, God. Okay. And then Lucrezia and Vito were like, you know what? I think we can't take anything else. And so they just start walking on out of the Costco. No, first of all, clams rattle. They're in a shell. This is, this is not <laughs> this is not the brightest couple that have ever been. So he's walking uh, along going clink, 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 clink. <laughs> how, how many, like, clams? Like, do, are they in a bag? Do they, like, they usually come in a bag, them? yeah. They, but there's usually, like, a dozen. It's, it would make him look like he's well endowed. Let's just put it that way. Well, it didn't work because <laughs> they were stopped. Deputies stopped the Oh, you know what? These people, Lucrezia and Vito, actually are snowbirds. And they live part-time in Florida are. and part-time in New York. And they walked through the store and they did purchase some items and they paid for them. And they then went they left. through the checkout with the clams in his pants? Uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> and Lucrezia must not open her purse because there's some stinking fish in there. And so they go through the line, they pay for their items, and then they shuffle on out. And at that point... They are stopped by deputies and arrested. And all of that lamb and crab and halibut and whatever else, that was $150 worth of meat. Lucrezia and Vito stuffed. Well, you know, if you're going to steal stuff, take the expensive stuff. Don't take the cheap chicken. You don't want to steal chicken. Nobody nobody steals ground beef. Right, exactly. 80% (laughs) 80, 80-20 ground beef. Well, you could have done better, Lucrezia. Get the halibut. And we have to finish in Florida, as we do. But we're going to go to say about the last one that was the oldest Florida man we've ever had. It was, it was the oldest yeah, one. I don't know. I mean, that's the oldest active criminal. I, you know, <laughs> like, that was stealing things, not doing weird things like walking down the street. street you know, yeah, naked. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, naked. <laughs> so now we're going to move over to Jupiter, Florida. How close is Jupiter to you, Glenn? Uh, oh, hours. you know what? It's, it's it's east of Loxahatchee. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's several hours. Up. It's more down there where Jemmy lives. Well, Joshua James, if you look at his mugshot, he looks like your everyday average full head of hair, normal, Criminal. all the teeth having <laughs> 23-year-old man. Boy, man, man child. Well, he was, um, there's really no word on why he did this other than maybe thought he thought it would be funny. Um, but a Jupiter, Florida man was arrested, Glenn. He went to Wendy's and he goes to the drive through and he's like, yeah, can I get me some uh, Wendy's food and a drink? And so she he pulls his uh, uh, car around to the window and the lady opens a window and the server hands him a drink. And instead of handing her money, he threw a three and a half foot alligator through the drive through window, Glenn. <laughs> I saw this story before. <laughs> I have so many questions. Everybody's seen the story, but I, it came out like last Thursday. That's just and a I've baby one, though. Uh, just a baby. 
I just think that a three and a half foot alligator is not a baby. They come out of eggs, Glenn. It can't be that much of a baby. So he was actually charged, get this, with aggravated assault with a deadly Deadly weapon. weapon. (laughs) Illegally possessing an alligator. Second degree larceny and petit theft, theft, according to Palm Beef Sheriff's Office. Did they screw this order? Is that what happened? Oh. I, you know, it didn't say that they screwed his order. It just said he just did it. Because I felt he like just... doing that a couple times when they screwed up my order. Well, you and Joshua James can <laughs> spend a lot of time together in the um, Palm Beef Sheriff's lockup. <laughs> so, and again, he looks normal. Like he doesn't. He still has. He doesn't all have his tattoos teeth. on his forehead or There's anything. No face tattoos. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to like, you know. No offense to those of you that have no teeth and face tattoos. tattoos. I mean, I'm sure all of you are listening right now and I'm not offending trying to insult you. It just, I just am surprised that a man that would throw an alligator through a drive-through window would look so normal. You know, I think we have a lot of auditors with tattoos, but I don't know of any with a face tattoo. Don't think I know of any. Mike Tyson is an avid listener to this program. (laughs) How dare you? On that note. (laughs) Thank you for Weird News, and thank you for everybody who contributed to Weird yes, News. I love it. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. You know, I need a bumper for Crappy List Wednesday. We've been doing it for about five years, and I never did get a bumper for it. But I have a crappy list for you. This crappy list is out of a website. I'm not kidding. This is called wagwalking.com. Wagwalking.com. It's a dog That's blog. A website. Yes, it's a website, uh, dog blog. And they did an article, and I want to see if we agree with this. Okay, so this okay, is. I this haven't is, looked up. No, you haven't looked it, and you don't have to. It's okay. Uh, they, they did an article on the best barn dogs, and they, they basically went with two categories a barn dog that's good for getting rid of rat, rats and mice and things like that. I never had a dog that was good at that. Uh, And then they have the protective dog. So the dog that takes care of your animals, whether they're cows or horses or whatever, sheep. So that's what they have. Not the the kind of dog that's going to, you're going to walk in the barn. It's going to be like laying in the middle of the aisle and you're going to be like, get out of the way. Not the kind that we have. No. That's okay. correct. These are actually useful dogs. Bella, the basset hound, you have, you can't lay. I'm sure Bella's out there the protecting skull. everybody from the wolves. So, um, so Australian Shepherd. Yes, I. that is very popular. They said Australian Shepherds are the most popular herding and protecting animals on farms around the world. And I would believe that a lot of uh, our friends have Australian Shepherds or, and, you know, yes. some kind of. They are great farm animals. Uh, Sometimes they help you when you don't actually need help. You had those, didn't you? I have. I've always had shepherdy type dogs. Dogs, Yeah. Denny is an English shepherd, which is kind of an Australian shepherd border collie. It's the American version of that. And um, I just can't get her get it through her brain she's the worst herding dog ever like you know you try to shoo something away you're like get away she goes around the other side of them and sends them back to me. <laughs> here go round up the bear and bring it back <laughs> i'm like get go move on she go wouldn't on, do good in a yurt either <laughs> no yo you want the bear in your bed okay i can bring him i often wondered why jack russell terriers were so popular with horse people because basically they're bonkers most of them i've ever met are bonkers they're all over everything in the house, countertops, tabletops, everything. I have a Jack Russell. I know you do. Uh, Let's hear It's number two, by the way, Jack Russell Terriers. Uh, And they're basically good hunting dogs, apparently. You know, they'll get rid of vermin and other creatures and and keep the fox.
boxes out and that kind of thing. Um, so do, does your Jack Russell, have your Jack Russell Terriers ever been good at uh, keeping the mice away? Oh, number one, I only have one and that's because somebody it wandered up to my house in Phoenix and then I called the owners and they didn't want him back. So like, <laughs> and of course, Jamie's like, you don't want him. I'll take him. Let's yes. purpose it. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. No, he snuggles with Lucas and Lucas fell in love with him. So anyway, he's a, he's a shorty Jack, which means he's like a miniature Jack Russell. So we're talking about double the nightmare um, because now he's little guy with even little guy syndrome, even more, you know? So <laughs> he, he really thinks he's giant, but w- what he is good at Glenn is when brand new barn mice just know where the feed rooms are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they just know. So when I go to open the tech room, I go, Tank, come here, Tank, because his name is Tank, because he's tiny and he's a Jack Russell and he thinks he's a tank. So he comes over and he's like, I'm like Tank, I'm going to open the door. And I just barely, I, I start to jiggle the handle and he starts to get excited. <laughs> and then I open the door and whoosh, he shoots in. And if there is a mouse in the local area, I'll hear It's really sad, but it's very helpful. Oh, he's that quick, huh? Oh my God. And he's like <laughs> mostly blind and deaf. And he's like 14 and he's still, that's I think like Jack Russell's level. have, instead of seven or six or seven senses, they have like 25 senses. They, I, they I mean, extras. I'm not a fan of, of killing. I've already talked about the gophers on yeah. this show today, but the mice too. Like, like, you know what? Again, like, as long as you don't mess things up or scare me, you can live. But like, you're messing things up. You're pooping all over my saddles and my pads and everything. Yeah. My, it in smelled the, like in the, in the, the horse food. Not good. Yeah. Yeah, so I just go, dang. <laughs> Here we go. And I just open the door. And it's it's pretty good for a fat little dog with no legs. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> Number three on the list is Australian cattle dog. We had friends that had Australian cattle dogs. They were some of the coolest dogs I've ever seen. Oh, yeah? So they're some of the smartest dogs. They will do vermin. They do They do both of those things, protection and vermin. Uh, but they were some they're of the smartest. They're high energy. Yeah, right? high energy. Oh, yeah. And most of them I knew wouldn't come in the house. They just didn't want to be, they weren't interested. They'd live in the barn because that's where they belonged. You know, that's where they thought they belonged. And it's we had job. a dog like that. We had a barn dog in Pennsylvania that was a kind of a hybrid of something and something. But uh, Houlihan was her name. She would not come in the house. She absolutely would not walk in the house. You could try and pick her up, she'd bite you. She slept in the barn with the horses. I didn't care how cold it was out. It didn't matter. She would not come in the house. And, Chad until, would love her. Yeah, until the day she died. She, that dog it knew its job. Border Collie. And yes, I've had lots of friends that have Border Collies, and they're, they're also months. some of the coolest dogs. And there are snuzzle bunnies, too, in the house. But high energy. you got to work them. <laughs> they need I, a job. That's my favorite breed by far. Yeah. Danny's half Border Collie. I've had Border Collies forever. and But they need a job, right? So they got to work. They got to get their exercise in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and like my last border collie, you know, her job was me. Where is my mother right now? Are you in the bathroom? I'm going to sit outside the bathroom until I can just see you again because I need to know where you are at all times. I was her job. She would sleep at the floor next to the bed. And if I got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, she's got to go with me. Like she, I was her job, but yes, I've had other border collies and, and that they just need something to do. And and then I had another border collie that I taught ten billion tricks to because she just like had this desire to learn things. When I started Horse Radio Network, we had a girl that, that lived with us for a while. One of the working students who had a border collie that would uh, was more interested in sleeping under my desk than doing anything energetic. Oh uh, so, wow! <laughs> so, Anomaly. Yes. The next one on the list is what Jennifer had uh, and her family had while growing up, and that was an entire pack of German Shepherds. 
Um, oh, wow. They had German Shepherds, which I don't see too much on farms anymore. I think we've talked about the German Shepherd recently, but um, you don't see them a whole lot on farms anymore. We have a couple in the neighborhood here, but not many. I don't see them a lot. We have some across the street, directly across the street, and the mailbox is right in front of their fence. Oh my God, I'm like, please, <laughs> please don't get out. They just act like they will murder you. We have a neighborhood war going on here because the one uh, the one guy moved in uh, right beside us and brought his dogs that bark constantly all the time and annoyed the neighbor. And he has, he has pit bulls. So the neighbor decided, I'm going to get uh, Doberman pincers. And so he has two Doberman pincers, and now the pit bull and the Doberman pincers bark at each other over the fence. So that's Wait, a good so time. So we've got Dobermans, two of those. We've got pit bulls and German shepherds. Yes. All yes. Oh my god! I <laughs> uh, then the next on the list, which are also really cool dogs, are Pembroke Welsh corgis. <sighs> so of course the corgis. they're the cutest things in the world. Yes. But I do believe that they will shed. For eternally. Yes, they do lose a lot of hair, but they are cute. Uh, rat terriers, again, kind of kind of in the same family as the uh, Jack Russells, right? So rat terriers are in there. Uh, and then uh, next on the list is the Great Pyrenees. Have you ever met one of them? They they are very common here in Oklahoma oh, really? as livestock livestock. Yeah, because that's what they're great for. They'll protect it. I mean, they'll go after anything. And people are breeding them, mixing them with the Anatolian shepherds. I don't know why, but I think the Anatolians have a little more aggression from what I've mm. seen. Yeah, because these things look like giant fur babies, <laughs> the Pyrenees. They're uh, like white St. Bernard. Yes. They're so great. <laughs> the Bernese Mountain Dogs. There's a cool dog. We actually had uh, Jennifer boarded at a place that had a Bernese Mountain Dog, and they are cool dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, they are really cool dogs and loyal to a fault. I mean, they are loyal. You, and they will get rid of any predator. Uh, and then the last on the list, ironically, and... Uh, Basset Hound. No. Basset Hound. No. Basset Hound, because that's they're, the they're greatest not on the list. ever. However, this is hit or miss. And they talk about it here on the show once a month is American Foxhound. They're good protector dogs, but they're not always great house dogs. So they're, you have What's to be particular. What's it called? An American... Foxhound. It's what they use for fox hunting, basically. Um, oh. And they're great at protection and, and uh, all of that, but you, they're not always great house dogs. You really have to be particular. They've talked about it here on the show before. It's basically, a basset hound is the dwarf version of these. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, basset hounds are dwarf hounds, so... Yeah. I can see that. Hounds but with dwarfism. They're so cute. I got to say, wagwalking.com, I think, did a pretty good job with this list. I like it. No no golden retrievers or labs. Those aren't, are those not normal farm dogs? Well, I guess they're farm dogs, but they're not considered great at protection or eating the critters. You know? Ah. So these are more working farm dogs. Uh, but yes, Jack Russells and Corgis are the dog of choice at horse shows. Uh, you just yes, see those all, all the, the time. time. Forever yes. you have. Yep. That's been true forever. You're absolutely right. So there, it wasn't such a crappy list today, was it? No, it was pretty good. I know, pretty I'm, good. I'm slipping. Like, I'll find a crappy one for next week. Yeah, oh, I, mean, oh really. I have a crappy something for the auditors after the show. You have to hang around because we are talking about bridezillas after the show. Uh, there's been some new ones, that, uh, new li lists of uh, demands that have come out from some recent brides that we have to go over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh brides are getting crazy, crazy. 
They've always been crazy brides, but they're getting worse, I think, in modern days. The new generation of brides are more demanding than they ever have been in the past. So let's uh, talk about that in the post-show. Tomorrow, the sales and breeding episode, Kayla will be here with a special guest host. And also on Friday, we have really bad ads, and we're giving away $400 in prizes at the end of next month. So get your ads into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. And don't forget, tonight, Stable Scoop Roundtable. If you have never joined us, it's fun joining live because you can comment and actually join in on the conversation. And that'll be on the Horse Radio Network Facebook page, Horse in the Morning Facebook page, Stable Scoop Facebook page, any one of those. And the auditors can find it in the auditor room. Please join us live tonight. Lots of good questions and topics we're tackling and lots of good guests. And you can find Jamie at... You can find me at Fly Over Farm on Facebook. Fly Over Farm, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. And she'll have more videos soon once her wing is uh, improving. Once oh, her- no, we, we have horse in training right now, oh, and okay. Abby's been great enough to ride him for me, and uh, he's he's super cute. So now the, he's finally videos. back to work. He, he was just boarded for a couple weeks while <laughs> the snow was melting. Good. Well, I'm glad you're back to work and uh, at least supervising. You're you're now supervising. You have I'm a white probably, hat. I'm doing a little, little too much, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, it oh, is what it be. is. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your surprise face. I'm actually Baby surprised yelled. it's taken this long, to be honest. <laughs> it kind of hurts. Whatever. Pain will stop you from doing too much. That's true. It's a good equalizer. All right, we're out. Um, let me, auditors, uh, let's get, and auditors, thank you. Uh, if you haven't joined, a bunch of you joined, like, 40 of you joined yesterday the trip page, HRN Roadshow 2021. Uh, I did a post with the link, but if you just search on HRN Roadshow 2021, if you're east of the Mississippi and want to follow along on the planning, we're getting the auditors involved in all the planning of this trip. So uh, we have a couple of new special things that uh, we're trying to put together that are kind of big events. So uh, we'll hopefully have some announcements about that soon. And it looks like uh, we're going to have some trail rides adventures too where you can bring your camper to to a campground location and we'll all go out trail riding together and stuff so uh, a couple of the auditors are putting that together so there's going to be some fun things on the trip in august uh, all right let's talk about bridezillas i think they're getting worse I think the new generation of brides are just more demanding than ever. And this was posted uh, recently, actually in January, <laughs> this one came out. And this was a bride that was had to keep, postpone her wedding uh, during COVID and wasn't happy about that. Uh, and then sent out the demands to the bridesmaids and the groomsmen. And these were the demands, 37 of them, that she made of the bridesmaids. And I want to ask you... We'll we'll talk about these as we go through, but would you ever, we'll talk about this after, would you ever agree to be in a wedding where the bride was like this? So think about that for yourself, and then I'm guessing that most horse women would say, well, we're in a post-show, right, would say, fuck you, I am not joining your wedding. (laughs) And I'm guessing most horse women would say. I mean, I'm imagining if somebody gives you demands, you knew that this was that type of person before... You know, so you probably put up with her crap for a long time. (laughs) Um, So these are demands. I will, this is what you have to agree to. I will not try to convince the bride to change anything in her wedding. That's demand number one. You have to sign this contract, by the way. I will not talk negatively about anyone in the wedding. Well, that's half the fun of weddings. That's what people do at weddings is talk about each other. 
Um, Wait, in the wedding or talk about like people? Like I, I think in the wedding or the reception or any time, you're not allowed to talk bad about anybody. So no talking negative about anybody. Uh, I think that's what happens at receptions. There's family that haven't gotten together for uh, for about four years because they, they did, only got together at the last wedding or funeral are now bad-mouthing each other at your wedding. That's what they do. Uh, I will not gain more than six pounds between now and the wedding. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> do you have to weigh yourself at the time you s- sign the contract and then weigh in when you go okay. to the wedding? So this is a contract that you have to sign yes. if you are a member of the bride's party. wedding party. Correct. And one yes. thing is from contract time until wedding time, you are not allowed to gain more than six yeah. pounds. I'm, so okay. I'm wondering to know if she has a scale there and she's weighing you. When you show My up. thing is, what the, what, who says something? <laughs> Just so you know, you're, I can tell you put on at least five, so you better back down. <laughs> I will wear only black or dark brown hair on the day of the wedding. Highlights may be accepted with prior written approval. Oh, my God. <laughs> no blondes allowed. No blue hair. No, no blonde. No blondes either. Uh, I cannot wear any lashes on the day of the wedding unless professionally installed. What? Uh, (laughs) I have to attend the bridal shower and bachelorette party, fitting and rehearsals and wedding. Only time this can be missed is death or jail. Pregnancy over five months and some sickness with recent doctor's note. So you have to agree to go all those things. If you're not going to go to all those things, you can't be part of the wedding. And you need a doctor's note if you can't? Yes, correct. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm out. Uh, I was bri- out a while ago. The bri- this lady's a bitch. The bride, w- and I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because, you know, one of our auditors listening to this might have had these demands, although I doubt it. I doubt any horsewoman's going to care about most of this. But I could be wrong, in which case they're now, they're now unsigning up for the auditor room. The- it's, it all sounds like what I made my bridesmaids sign. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. The bride will choose my makeup artist the day of the wedding. Well, that's, us- that's normal, right? And they usually have a makeup artist there that does the makeup. So I kind of get that one. I will agree to wear the dress the bride chooses regardless of my own opinion, style, or color. Isn't oh that God. usually the case, though? Do you pick your own? or? Man, you know, what they're doing right now is a bride will go and say, all right, you guys, I want you to get this color. Pick the dress that looks best on you. All right, so not all the same like they used to be in the old days. Yes. And then, of course, when I got married, I only had one person in my wedding. And I said, hey, go get something at the store to wear. And she's like, well, what color? What kind? And I was like, I don't care. Just get, you know. Pick something. And so she went to David's bridal and she said, hi, I need a bridesmaid dress. And she's like, well, which one? And they were like, ah, my friend Nancy was like, I don't know. She said, pick whatever. And they were like, I'm sorry. What? That's never happened. <laughs> I could see Nancy too. She's like, I don't care. Just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> the less time I'm in the store, the better. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love this one too. When is the only time as a horse person that you actually wear jewelry? Uh, I put on earrings when I'm going out and a wedding ring. <laughs> right. Exactly. When you're going out and doing something like going to a wedding, right? Uh, well, one of the agreements you make is I agree to, uh, I agree not to wear any extra accessories, including items or clothing or jewelry the day of the wedding, except my wedding ring or engagement ring. No jewelry. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know either. Um, and the, Oh, you're going to love this one. <laughs> I will not intentionally fall pregnant before the wedding. <gasps> <laughs> 
pregnancy under five months will not be excused from attending wedding events. <laughs> You're actually speechless. I'm out. I will support the bride in everything she chooses. <laughs> so no matter what, it's okay. I love the next one. You're out for this one too. I will not consume. You'd need. You would need. You would need this if you were going to this wedding. I will not consume more than seven drinks of alcohol during any event except the bachelorette party, where there'll be no limit. So no more than seven drinks. You would need seven drinks to put up with this woman. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. If I drank seven drinks, <laughs> you're under the I table. Would be on the, I would be puking. <laughs> I will not bring a date to the wedding or reception without bridal approval. So... So he has to be approved. <laughs> I actually think that might make sense. <laughs> yeah, I know when you do things. Everybody like, has like that my, sister or cousin, right? I mean, my that brings... brother brought his ex-girlfriend, and he was like, I just think I want to bring her just in case um, we get back together. What? Then she'll be in all of the wedding pictures. What? <laughs> I, I shit you not, Glenn. And guess who? Get, let, let me stop. Let me even get you on more details on that. My brother brought this this girl, it was his ex-fiance. And he was like, we might get back together. So really it's important to me to bring her to the wedding. And I was like, whatever. Do you know that that girl is now, are you sitting down, married to my ex-boyfriend? The guy I dated before Chad. Oh, really? <laughs> my God. Small world yes. there in Georgia. <laughs> it's not small because he was my boyfriend and Josh was engaged to her. And they knew each other uh... because of us. You got them together. Look, they were meant to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that heifer was at my wedding. <laughs> I will not bring my kids to the wedding unless they are part of the wedding party. No exceptions. No children at my wedding, please. What if you can't find a babysitter? <laughs> I will make sure I have an accountable babysitter the day of all events. And I understand that no, a no-show for no babysitter will not be acceptable excuse. Is this a real? Is this yes. still going on? Is this still it's somebody's real. It's list? real. I, I got several of these, actually. I will be happy and positive at all times during the wedding and reception. <laughs> I, will, I don't know how you could be happy and positive around this woman at all times. <laughs> I don't know what's possible. I will attempt, I will not attempt to outdo the bride in any way. So you can't dance better. You can't look better. You can't do anything better than the bride. Wow. This goes on. I'm not done. There's like 20 more. <laughs> it's crazy. Give me, give me two more. I got to go. <laughs> uh, oh, let me see. Uh, there was some money ones in here. I will agree to, oh, I will agree to save at least $50 a month for expenses for the next 14 months. Get out of my business. <laughs> You have to have the money to buy all this shit that she's making you buy. Uh, and the last one, I will not drop out of the wedding party for any reason except for reasons that I approve of. Except for the, all the things above <laughs> that I might not actually be able to do. <laughs> but if I sign and agree later that I want to drop out, it will ruin our friendship. No kidding. I don't think I'd be unhappy about that, to be honest. I think that our friendship is done already. <laughs> would you agree to any of this? Well, you wouldn't no, be friends I, with anybody that demanded I wouldn't have a friend no, that was like that. Yeah, no. no. It's and if I did that. have a friend like that, I'd be very surprised. By Wedding it. contracts. I don't know when they started. When did they start? 
I don't know. But I would have been out with the don't gain five, six, six pounds. Five's yeah. okay. By the way, that was a British bride. I have several more here that are American brides that we have the list for, too, but we don't have the time for it. Pretty much it was the same kind of things. Uh, <laughs> it was the same mm-hmm. awful things. Amazing. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I only if, agreed with one. If one of you were that way and you're thing. upset we brought this up, uh, email Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. She's going to get a lot of emails today. <laughs> Let her know that you're upset. I'm sure she'll care. That's it for today. See you, everybody. All right, y'all. Bye.